Now let's get to you, Hoff. I wake up this morning. I'm having a damn good morning. I'm feeling good. Ready to come to work. Bad tiki's returning. I'm all excited about that. And then I read a tweet. And I'd like to read this tweet from at Hoff, W-F-A-N. It says, the bloom is off the rose with the Steve Cohen era of the New York Mets. I want to make something very clear. If that was the entire tweet, cool. Like, I have no problem criticizing Steve Cohen. And there are a lot of ways you could take that. I mean, top of the podcast, we talked about all the executives that he's hired over the last couple of years. Fine. We just talked about Pete Alonzo and the missed opportunities there. Fine. So again, the bloom is off the rose with the Steve Cohen era of the New York Mets is fine. Now, you got to explain why you feel that way, but okay, fine. But then Pete crossed the line. Then Pete made a mistake. And I've seen all your emails at therecob at gmail.com. There are people that are so mad at you, they want you suspended from the podcast. And I was like, suspended? I mean, we can't do that. But listen to the last part of the listen to the last part of this tweet for those that didn't see it. I'm starting to feel like it's Will Pond 2.0. Pete, you can't say that. So before I kill you, because I will, words with, I'm not gonna actually kill you. Please explain yourself for this ignorant tweet. The the first part or the second part? Which one would you want me to explain first? Uh, the second, the first part, oh. whatever. The second part, it's Will Pond 2.0. Because here's the thing is. We want to kill the Wilpons for never spending money and say they were cheap, right? They really weren't. They spent money a lot of times. They were cheap. Or they ended up cheaping out a lot at the towards the tail end, especially with the Madoff stuff. But they would spend money. They would try to get high payrolls here and there. They just wouldn't spend it properly. And I'm sorry, but the first three seasons of Steve Cohen era, they made the playoffs once. They won 101 wins, which was great. They crapped the bed in the playoffs at the tail end of the season, and they've had two really bad, awful seasons because in those seasons, so much chaos has taken place. And it just reminds me of a very prior regime Mets team where so much nonsense was going on behind the scenes. And then with Billy Epler resigning, with Buck Showarp to getting sandbagged, all this stuff, it just feels like Steve Cohen lost control this last year. Okay. A couple of things. The Wilpons willingly let Zach Wheeler walk through that door. The Wilpons fired a manager off a win at 3 o'clock in the morning after <laughs> letting him fly out to California. Okay? Any comparison you want to make or any criticism you have about Steve Cohen and the Mets right now, like, it's fine to have them. This has not been a perfect ownership. We also can't live in this delusional world where everything's great and everything's amazing and everything's gold. Like, criticism is fine. But we need to ban the word Wilpon from your lips and from the world's lips. The only time we should ever use that word is to bemoan something they did that we're still feeling the effects of, such as Zach Wheeler being a Philadelphia Philly. Like, we can bemoan that. But there's nothing about this owner that's cheap. Nothing. Like, Letting DeGrom go was a philosophical difference that he turned out to be right about. Letting Pete Alonso go will be about baseball and business. And as much as I may scream about it and call it unforgivable and it can't take another forever player away from us, 
it's not going to be because they're cheap. Like I just read 20 minutes ago. Well, we were doing the podcast. So 50 minutes ago, Yamamoto is going to get close to $200 million and executives expect that the New York Mets will have the highest bid. Two days ago, we read from Ken Rosenthal, it's expected for Shohei Otani that the Mets are going to have the highest bid. Jeff Passan a week earlier said, watch out for the Mets on Juan Soto. So let me get this straight. Juan Soto, Yamamoto, Otani, the Mets are in on all of these guys. The Mets also traded away $45 million a year pitchers who the Wilpons wouldn't have even dreamt of signing and bought off their contracts to acquire prospects. Like, yes, there are embarrassing things happening with the New York Mets. I give that to you. Yes, I'm angry about where we are with Pete Alonso. Absolutely. And yes, I'm not happy that they raised ticket prices. But this is nothing like the Wilpons. I will take all these bad Steve Cohen days over any day over the last 12 years in the post-Madoff Wilpon era. And it's it's either crazy to think that way or I don't know what the other option is. No, it's just crazy to think that way. <laughs> hold, hold on. I, I, let's, let's stop with the what they're going to do in the offseason because the offseason hasn't really started yet. So I can't predict that. And I have a comment for that later. But so far, how much money has... Steve Cohen spent, and what has it really gotten us? It, it, it just because you that's spend not the a lot, point. But just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you're spending it well. That's, that's not the argument. Good. That's not the argument. That's part of it, though. No, it the, isn't the because Will the Wilpons didn't spend the money. They, they did. They didn't spend it. They didn't spend it wisely. They would no, spend no, money. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I want to correct you about something. If we're talking about the 2006 Wilpons, fine. But we're not. I said post-Madoff Wilpons, which is all they were for the last decade of their ownership. So, yes, they traded and signed Johan Santana. I acknowledge that. Yes, they signed Carlos Beltran and Pedro Martinez. I absolutely acknowledge that. And I used to, believe it or not, defend the Wilpons in that era of Met baseball. But that's (laughs) not the era we're talking about. The last decade after the Madoff scandal, the Mets were a middle-of-the-pack payroll team. They let Zach Wheeler walk through that door. They did not even bid on Bryce Harper. Didn't even bid on him. Didn't even bid on Manny Machado. Like, I love you. I'm not going to suspend you. You just have a stupid opinion. It's not going to be suspended. But that is one of the dumbest things I've heard. Stop with any Wilpon. They're not the Wilpons in any way. That, okay, fine. Fine. Not the Wilpons. But going forward, just because we're in on people... The one other concern I have is we're not going to get all all of them. I get that. It's, not, it's, it's nice to be it's nice to be on them for a change, but that doesn't mean they're going to make the right move. And that's what concerns me still. I still don't believe that they've figured this out. And I have a worry that David Stearns is going to come here and he's going to turn into Heim Bloom because the first move that Heim Bloom made was to let or to trade away one of the best players in baseball in Mookie Betts. I'm not saying Pete Alonso is the best player in baseball. But if one of the first moves for David Stearns is to trade away one of your star players for prospects, I feel like it's already going to start off on a bad foot. Would you like to hear some emails of people mad at you or no? I mean, of course. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'll read a couple of your emails on this impromptu Rico Bronia with all this Met news going on the last day. Uh, Ed writes, Hoff, come on, LOL. Ooh, he threw an LOL and means he's not that mad at you. 
Thank Come you. on, LOL, with this Will Pond 2.0 stuff. I don't know if Evan will call you out, so somebody has to. Well, first of all, Ed, of course I was going to call him out. I was going to do it on the Rico. I wasn't going to do it at 427 on Evan and Tiki, but here we go. So Ed Flood writes, how? Because there seems like a little instability, even though there's really not. I'm going to mention some people affiliated with the Mets and let us know if you would, if they would be there with the Wilpons. Okay, that's a fun game. Francisco Lindor. Would he be here if the Wilpons owned the team, Pete? Probably not. Kodai Senga. Kodai Senga, maybe. <laughs> that wasn't that bad of a deal. Five years, 75, that wasn't that bad of a deal. Okay. That, Would they have the re-signed rate. Brandon uh, Nimmo long-term? No, not for that price. Okay. Would they have re-signed Edwin Diaz to the five-year deal? No. Okay. Would they have hired David Stearns for $10 million a year? No. Okay. Hey, Billy'd still be there. <laughs> <laughs> it also says, also a decent farm system. Look up the roster from 2019. He made mistakes, but the fact we're even somewhat on the map for Otani, somewhat on the map for 25-year-old Yamamoto and a chance to outbid the Yankees, come on, Hall. Look, he's right. Your other concerns, here's the thing. Your other concerns about making the right moves and money doesn't win everything, yeah, you're right. But that's not what we're arguing with you about. You know what I mean? We're arguing with you for suggesting that this owner, as flawed as he may be, he's not perfect is anything like the Wilpons. And I think Ed lays it out right. He just named a bunch of names that would not be here if the Wilpons owned the team. Okay, that's all fair. But let me just explain one thing, because uh, Evan, I think that you were one of the biggest Mets fans out there. I would like to consider myself one of the biggest Mets fans out there as well. Um, The one thing that still is lingering from the Wilpon era is a stench of what can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. It's always the Mets. Yeah. And that needs that's something that I think needs to get away. It needs to disappear. I agree. And it hasn't gone away yet. And that's something that that <laughs> like Steve Steve Cohen has to work on somehow to get rid of that. Well where where Ed I disagree with Ed. The one part I disagree with him about is the stability. They have not had stability. That that's not true. It, it doesn't seem like they don't have stability. They haven't had it. I mean Steve took over the team in late twenty twenty. So it has now been right around 20 to 21. 20, 20. It's been three full years, which is not a crazy amount of time. Now, when you think about it, it's not that much time, but he's owned the team for about three full years. Just think about the executives. Think about that. Think about the managers. They're about to hire in the Cohen era, because he did retain Luis Rojas, a third manager. If you want to count the executives, I'll do it for you. Alderson. Porter, Scott, Epler, David Stearns. So that I disagree with is not stability. Both Randy and Philip bring up the same point I brought up earlier. Huh. Do you think Buck leaked <laughs> the IL investigation to Major League Baseball? Nah, of course. Sean writes, hey, Evan, I haven't felt this good about the Mets in a while. They got rid of people who have pretty bad track records in Billy Epler and Buck Showalter. Hear me out. Epler is a self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. Oh, Epler is self-explanatory. Like, he doesn't need to explain it. He's had no success anywhere and could not win with two of the greatest players in history. Showalter has one playoff series win in his 30 years in baseball and is outdated in terms of what success looks like as a manager. Now let's get to Hoffman. (laughs) 
Comparing Cohen to the Wilpons, that's embarrassing. Picture this franchise right now with the Wilpons still in charge. Now, nah, Sean, we get it. We look, we all love Pete. He's a wonderful guy, but sometimes we say dumb things, and that's okay. You know what I attribute it to? I'm going to defend my man. Pete's very tired. He's been working a lot lately. He's been traveling around with the Giants, who's a terrible football team. Oh. He's sleeping on my beautiful couch. Not my couch, my uh, massage, massage chair. chair. Thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. It's a, it's a tough time. I, I am very tired. I will say that. I acknowledge <laughs> that. Dan writes, war. Pete signing with Boris is an absolute declaration of war from his camp. He has been isolated and jerked around since the trade deadline, and I can just feel this ending in disaster. Anyone bringing up that Boris was Nimmo's agent and he resigned doesn't understand that these two are not even in the same stratosphere. He is now going to be leading negotiations of one of the premier sluggers in baseball and someone that could and should be the face of the franchise and probably becomes his top priority client that he won't be happy with being lowballed. I know we have mended fences with him since Cohen took over, but I'm afraid if the Mets dig their feet in and continue playing these games with Boris at the helm, it could be the thing that sours the relationship again. It's about money. That's it. If they want to re-sign him right now, if they don't want to even deal with free agency and the risk of what happened with Aaron Judge, they're going to have to offer him close to $250 million. They're going to have to come to the ballpark with... What does eight years 250 get you? And by the way, years-wise, he's going to be 29 years old for the start of next season, so it's not even that crazy. But 250 divided by eight, $31 million a year. I think that gets it done. I really do. So would the Mets come out and make an eight-year $250 million offer? I think if they do that, they've got a really decent chance to get this thing done. If not, here's the risk, And, and there's a risk for both sides. We make this assumption that Pete Alonso will have a historical Aaron Judge year. That's not an automatic in a free agent year. Aaron Judge did it, and it's good for him, but that's not an automatic. Like, Cody Bellinger is fascinating to me, right? Cody Bellinger in his free agent year last year sucked. Cody Bellinger in his free agent year this year, amazing. Like, there's no science to this. So... What if, let's play the what if game. Well, what if Pete Alonso brings his batting average back up to maybe his career numbers or a little bit higher and hits 270 and hits 59 home runs and drives in 150 runs? Well, guess what? He's going to get a mega, mega contract because all Scott Boris needs is one team and one team will do it. But then you got to ask yourself another question. What if Pete has a bad year? You know, what if Pete's average is the same as it was this year and he starts to press over it being a contract year and instead of hitting 45 home runs, he hits 33 home runs, right? Like not the worst, worst season in the world, but not his best season. What happens then? So we don't know what kind of year he's going to have going into free agency. And that's going to dictate a lot. Like we can't just assume it's going to play out like Judge. Now, obviously, if he's here, we want it to because that means he had a great year. And that means the Mets have a better chance to win. So this has become a financial battle. It always was, but any idea of a hometown discount is completely gone. Jose from Charlotte writes, I'm worried after reading that post article stating that Billy and Epler was at odds with Buck because Buck wanted to bench Daniel Vogelback, but Billy Epler refused. We all blamed Buck for having Vogel crap in the lineup 
And now we find out it was Billy the entire time. Yikes. As I'm writing this, I now see on Twitter that Pete Alonso has hired Scott Boris as his agent. Damn, the season has ended, but why do I have a bad feeling about this offseason? <sighs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is something that the old regime, I'll just say that, I'll say that, the old regime, that that feel, it doesn't feel like it should be with the Steve Cohen era. That's what I'm saying right now. And that's got to change. This should not be a thing. We should be – listen, let's put it this way. There are plenty of teams out there that want to Pete Alonso. I'll name one team that has been named yet. The San Francisco Giants. They've been dying for a star player all since last year. They, they missed out on Correa. They missed out on Aaron Judge. Are you telling me that they're not going to overpay for Pete Alonso if he, they have a chance to? James writes, I had to pause today's episode. I guess that was the episode we posted yesterday or the day before that. I forget. I had to pause the episode to write you guys after hearing Evan say, quote, I can't imagine why any Mets fan would dislike the Brewers. Ooh, yeah. Evan, the Brewers ownership has done nothing but kick dirt in Steve Cohen's face and nip at his heels over the last few years. They denied permission for him to interview David Stearns, resulting in a three-year wait. Fine. They denied permission for him to interview any of his assistant GMs for promotions to GM or president of baseball operations after that. Matt Arnold was the guy, which is a break from industry norms. The owner there has made comments about resenting big markets and the attention and money they make relative to his team and has said that he is not interested in doing favors for big market clubs when it comes to hiring front office executives and granting permission. And last but certainly not least, the Brewers leaked a fraudulent Pete Alonso trade rumor to the media to inflame the fan base in direct retribution for the Mets hiring David Stearns. I have no interest in them in seeing them win a thing this year and don't understand why they seem to be a popular, inoffensive pick amongst Mets fans. Wow, Pete likes that. Hoff likes That's that. That's my man. That's my man. Brewers are numero uno on my shit list these days. Yeah, I, I think... The reason, and I'm only speaking for myself here, James, and it's, it's a great point. And obviously the thing about liking and hating these teams, it's, it's whatever the hell we want. You know, it's whatever as individuals we hate and like. All of that's true. All of it, I kind of understand. Like, it's business. Like, I get why Anastasio, Antanasio, however you say his name, I understand why I didn't want David Stern's interview for the job. I get it. I understand why I didn't want Matt Arnold to interview for the job, even if it was against the norms of Major League Baseball. Like, I kind of get it. But I think the real reason why the Brewers are inoffensive to me is because of everybody else. The Philadelphia Phillies are offensive to me. The Atlanta Braves are offensive to me. The L.A. Dodgers and all the winning they've done, they're offensive to me. So a lot of it, and like, look, the Diamondbacks are inoffensive as well. I I agree. Like, there's nothing there with Arizona. They're both just inoffensive whatever teams. But in the National League, where we have all these rivals, I'm looking for someone who I'm not offended by to get to the World Series. So I think a part of why I don't have that hatred for Milwaukee is that they're not the Phillies, and they're not the Braves, and there's so many teams I already dislike in the National League that i got to pick a couple of teams that don't bother me. And right now, think about it. If you don't like the Dodgers, which I know a lot of older Met fans feel that way about going back to 1988, and I certainly feel that way to a degree, between the Dodgers, Braves, and Phillies, we're stuck with the Diamondbacks. That's it. That's our hope. We're stuck with the freaking Diamondbacks. It's all we got. 
Anyhow, we appreciate your writing and appreciate you listening to Rico Bronia. We will do an episode, another one, coming up in a couple days, kind of recapping what went wrong with the 2023 season. And also, any other news that hops up, because it's certainly been a very busy couple of days in Metsland. That's why we decided late Thursday night for your Friday morning, Friday afternoon listening to do a one-hour Rico Bronia podcast, because there's so much going on. I've realized, Pete, that the last month and a half of the regular season, when you really think about it, was just a drain. And it's so much easier now to talk about it with the season over. Like, there's just so much more. <laughs> well, everything's breaking now. All these rumors are coming out. All this dirty laundry is coming out. It's, it's beautiful. This is going to be a great offseason for us. It is. Oh, man. I'm putting my <laughs> offseason plan together, by the way. Can't wait for that episode. You got to do that, too. Your full-fledged offseason plan. And then we'll see if David Stearns follows it. Because I hear he's a big listener to the Rico Brony. Let's yet, go. At least. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. You can email the pod to RicoB at gmail.com. Obviously, Pete producing the midday show, 10 a.m. on the fan. I'll be on with Tiki every day, well, Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thanks for listening to Rico Brody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.